1: another edition of the hornet podcast your daily podcast with all the notes quotes and daily buzz around your favorite nba team the charlotte hornets i'm sam farber and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have a special guest on with us today he's travis t-bone hancock you can hear him 6 to 10 a.m weekday mornings on our flagship station wfnz t-bone thanks for joining the hhc
0: Hey, man, thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. And it's good to finally get a chance to talk to you for the first time in like nine hours. or so.
1: (laughs) That's right. In addition to having uh, some guest spots on the morning show once a week, uh, we talk to each other every game day for the pregame shows on, again, our flagship WFNZ. But unfortunately, uh, we've got a little gap here between pregame shows. COVID has wreaked havoc on our nation and the world as a whole. Much, much bigger impacts, obviously, than basketball but the NBA has been feeling COVID's impact recently in the form of cancellations. And that's meant almost a full week off now for the Hornets.
0: Yeah. And a much needed week off as well, because you know, Gordon Hayward had the hip and he played the, the last game before the break here, but he could use some rest and certainly a guy like Viz, who's doing some, uh, some yeomans working there as the only real true big on the roster to play. So you know, they're not necessarily old guys, but Biz and Gordon Hayward, some guys that needed some rest. and I think the team might have needed a little bit of a mental rest there, Sam. They have, what, 10 games in 16 days, whatever it was. So to have that many games compacted together, I don't think a break is the worst thing for this team to get physically, you know, mentally right here.
1: We've seen teams in a variety of sports have to act and react on COVID cancellations. One that comes most to mind locally uh, here in the Carolinas is Coastal Carolina, seeming to like impromptu schedule BYU out of the blue and say, "Hey, why don't you come over and play a football game?" And they say, "Sure, let's go play a football game."
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just a weird sports world now where you know everything's everything's out of whack. Schedule schedules are out of whack, and I think. As you look at the NBA right now, especially the Eastern Conference, which is what we focus on as Hornets, media, people, and fans, I think it's really affected some some teams in terms of, you know, the from the bubble to the regular season. Look at Toronto and Miami. Look at their start. Two of the better teams in the league last year haven't started well. And there's a three-and-a-half-game difference right now between the number one seed in the East and the 13th seed. So the three-and-a-half games separates one through 13. And I think that's sort of the way it is right now, because of schedules, the the weird off season, the weird you know lack of practice time you have right now. It's uh, it's wild how compact and close the teams, including our Hornets, are right now in the Eastern Conference.
1: It's been an odd season for sure. Well, here today on the HHC, we're glad to have Travis T-Bone Hancock with us. We're going to talk about a variety of topics. We're going to talk about the buzz around the Hornets this year. but want to focus a little bit more on the COVID cancellations. Uh, it's, it's something that sometimes seems like a, a jarring reminder of of just how widespread the virus is. If you've ignored local news if, or national news, if you're not keeping up to date on the numbers, uh, sometimes sports can penetrate our consciousness in ways other news forums can't. And seeing that your NBA team is not playing a game because the opposition has half its squad testing positive for COVID, I think it pulls some people back into reality of the situation in ways other stories just don't.
0: You're right. It makes you feel blessed too to to have the games that we have. So I think a little bit of a, you know, three day, four day pause, whatever it is there. You know, we dealt with worse last year. We dealt with the world without sports from March until what was it? August or whatever it was. So, yeah, I think a couple of days off isn't the worst thing for us to deal with. We we've dealt with worse, but you're right though. It's, it's wild how when did when did COVID come into our conscience? Probably what somewhere mid to late February last year. We started to hear rumblings of like, us as you know, non non news people. We we started to hear oh this this thing could be bad. And then mid March it, it started to really impact the the world and the sports world. So we're almost we're almost a year into this thing. And we're still having sports cancellations. And you mentioned the Wizards. Yeah, their team, Sam, I read, their team has not been together as a group since last Monday. Middle of an NBA season, they have not been together as a full team since last Monday. So eight days in the middle of the season, they can't get together and, and be a team. That's, uh, yeah, I know they're a rival and they're an opponent coming up here, uh, probably rescheduled soon. But that that's pretty crazy that an NBA team still 10 months into the pandemic has these, these moments where, they can't be to, can't be together for a week.
1: And the impact could go on far after that. We talked to Malik Monk before the most recent game against Toronto for the pregame show on WFNZ, and he is the lone Hornets player so far this season to test positive for COVID. He tested positive heading into training camp. He's recovered, but he said that he was still feeling that he hadn't had his wind all the way back up to this week. And tragically, he lost his grandmother to the disease. So again, it it just kind of pulls you back to the reality here. And for a team like Washington, where half the squad has either tested positive or been in the protocols, you know, they might be eligible to get back on the floor, but whether or not they're going to actually be able to compete is a whole nother story that we don't know the answer to.
0: It really is. And you mentioned Malik there, and you know, there's a lot of questions about Malik's spot in the rotation and the lack of minutes when the year began. And you know, there's a lot that goes into Malik right now. There's there's the the roster uh set up right now in terms of the guards. There's Malik's situation last year, but then you you hit it on the head there. The the big thing is the guy had COVID and he actually had COVID. It wasn't a contact tracing thing. He actually had it. And when we see guys actually have it, the athletes and the the best athletes in the world in any sport have reacted differently. Some guys some guys come back, and it's like nothing happened, and some guys take a while. Look at Mo Bamba from uh, our rival Magic squad there. He had COVID in June, and when the year began, he was still feeling effects of it. The year began, meaning uh, the NBA season, he was still feeling effects of it. So it hits these guys differently. Even the best athletes in the world, like Malik Monk, it takes a while. And I think you start to see Malik get a little in better shape now from that. But, man, that's, it's scary. What, what can it do to the average person, Sam? if it's taking out athletes like this, it's,
1: it's, it's mind boggling. It's a great PSA, if you will. And the NBA uh, and commissioner Adam silver, they've been a leader on this issue from the start and they, for the entirety of the season, ever since the vaccine was really, you know, coming out and becoming approved, have said that they were not going to skip the line that they were going to, you know, wait their turn essentially and play out the season as long as they needed to with, intense testing to keep an eye on the player's status but not you know making their way to get the vaccine any quicker than any normal person in those age groups would have it. Lately though the conversation has changed ever so slightly. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said that the league has discussed having players get vaccinations to educate and influence the public to know that it's safe and that they should do it as well almost as a PSA what do you think of that
0: yeah I think it's a smart thing because we see the influence these athletes have whether it's through social justice or what you're talking about there there what they do goes a long way so people see them getting it it's gonna put more of an eye on it now Charles Barkley said that all professional athletes because the taxes should jump the line I think that was a little bit a little bit of a ridiculous comment by uh by Charles Barkley, but Adam, to Adam Silver's part of that, I think it makes a lot of sense that the more these guys are out there in the, in the public, the more awareness to it, the better it is. So I think I think for sure that that's a great thing that Adam Silver has in mind. And you're right, Adam Silver always seems to be out in front of a lot of these things.
1: And the narrative too, when you see politicians, for instance, getting the vaccine, at least the narrative we're told, it's not that these people are more important than you, it's these people are the ones that represent you and need to be an example so if they're getting the vaccine it should signal to you that you should get the vaccine similarly for people's favorite athletes
0: oh right if if a charlotte kid sees a ball getting it it, or his favorite hornet player or a portland fan sees damian Lillard getting it that that's gonna uh you know that's that's a way to draw attention to it and if it if the young people are are, are are aware and they're active in that, that that's going to go a long way to trying to to beat this thing, as we mentioned, that has just been here for far too long right now.
1: Hornets fans, be sure to tune in and watch every Hornets game live on Fox Sports Southeast as well as the Fox Sports Go app. You can also listen on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app, starting with the pregame show one hour before tip-off time with my good friend Travis T-Bone Hancock on WFNZ. Travis T-Bone Hancock of WFNZ with me today here on the Hornets Hivecast. You can hear him mornings, weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. on WFNZ, our flagship for Hornets basketball. T-Bone, the first week, basically, that I was uh, working here in town, you guys convinced me to come in and work the morning show. and It was a good reminder of my earlier years in radio when I did work morning drive and uh, how challenging it can be to wake up. What time do you go to bed, man?
0: Well, it depends. Uh, I try to get into the bed at like 8.30, but it can vary on various uh, sporting events. If there's nothing on that I need to see, I'll try to fall asleep by 9 or so. It depends. Well, there are certain events, whether it be a Duke game or a Carolina game, or that I know we're going to break down in depth and I need to know what happened. But if it's like a, like Monday Night Football, for example, a lot of times I don't really need to see the full game because we're not going to go too far into that matchup. So I just kind of base it by whatever I need to see and, and, and whatever whatever was best for the show. If I need to watch something, I do it. If, I used to sacrifice a lot more, Sam, when I was younger. I, I'd go to sleep at midnight or 12.30 and wake up at 3.30 and roll into work like nothing happened. But as I got older, as I age here, I've had to really learn how to sort of uh, pick and choose my spots a little bit here in terms of uh, sleep.
1: We we all feel that as we get older. Now, one other aspect of this, you host the pregame show on yeah. WFNZ. You realize when the team plays, say, I don't know, the Lakers, the pregame show itself starts at 9 p.m. local here in Charlotte.
0: Yeah, there's some – well, there's some 10.30 games, so the pregame show starts at 9.30, you know. I'll, so I'll leave the station at 10.30 and I'll be home by 11. But you know what? I won't miss one. I'll be there for them all because uh, – I have fun. They asked me to do it. I love being a part of it. So, uh, you know, I don't know if I can watch the full game. Sometimes the West Coast games of the Hornets can get us sometimes where it's like we either have to wake up early or watch a condensed version. When those games are on until 1230 or one in the morning, that's a little bit much. We try, but certainly the pregame show, up there. Don't doubt me, Sam. I'll be there. I got it.
1: I believe in you. I believe in you. We got Travis T-Bone Hancock with us here today on the Hornets Hivecast Cast. As I mentioned, he's, he's a part of our pregame shows on WFNZ and part of our coverage there at the station. Uh, one of the aspects of this team that's got everyone excited is the newness of some of the players as well as some of the gear. Let's start with the players. You've got Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball added to the roster. What has been the impact of them coming here to the Queen City?
0: Well, certainly, the, obviously, the conversation when Gordon Hayward got what he got in terms of money, that was a dominant conversation if people had their opinions, but I think the way Gordon Hayward's played in the first 14 games, we're not really talking more much about how much he's making. We're kind of like, hey, this guy's a really great player. I think he's actually playing some of the best basketball of his life here. You know, Utah, he was a sort of an above-the-rib player, and then he had the injury of in Boston, and now he's, he's becoming just a complete all-around guy here, and then... People are enjoying Gordon Hayward. And, of course, on LL Ball, the excitement that he brings and the ability to stuff the stat sheet no matter how many minutes he plays, whether it's rebounds or assists or points, he's always involved in something, and it gets us on a national stage. So I think that the excitement is there. And that combination here is that it gives us uh, hope. There's hype. And Kemba's is the best player in franchise history, but it never felt like the excitement was always there for the team. Now I wear if I wear Hornets gear out. I was at, uh, Sam, I was at lunch with friends the other day, and the waiter couldn't stop talking about Hornets. He, he couldn't stop talking about the Hornets. When I have friends now text me during games about the Hornets that say, "Hey, I'm all in now." This this didn't. That's like a Panther type attitude that I'm getting now. That hasn't happened since I've been here since 2004. I've not seen fans this ready to erupt on this Hornets team like they are right now. It's been fun to see.
1: And you talked about the, the rarity of it. It's also brought a, an intense scrutiny, I'd say, which I think is a good thing. I think that fans being passionate about the team and wanting to see certain things is a sign that they're engaged. And if you're not hearing from your fans, that's a sign that they don't care, and that's the, the worst outcome for any professional team.
0: Well, yeah, we have fans screaming, and you you know, we, we talk about it about every pregame show. You talk to Brago about it. Fans are screaming for a mellow ball to play, it's not a bad thing. We got a Kaya, we got a Kai here that fans want to see. How many times are they screaming for Hornets players that weren't in the starting lineup to play before like this? So and then you, you factor in ball and bridges off the bench, just that combo, Airbnb, as I heard you called up the other day on the radio broadcast. Like that that's fun. It's a fun team. It's a much more Steve Clifford did a great job here to maximize what he had with Kembo. Like they, he did what he could. He X and O's and schemed. Well, let's be honest, Cliff's style of basketball is not James Borrego's. And he didn't have these the, all the athletes to, around Kemba that he has, all these guys. So it's a different brand of basketball. You're seeing James Borrego's offensive input more on this team with more pieces there. So it's certainly the most exciting time to be a Charlotte basketball fan. As I mentioned, I've been here since 2004. I haven't seen a team like this much fun to watch as a Hornets fan.
1: What makes it more fun? Is it the personnel with adding on an all-star in Gordon Hayward and adding a dynamic rookie like LaMelo Ball? Or is it the style of play where the Hornets are averaging more assists per game than any other team in the league?
0: I think it's more to the roster. I think it's style of play. And look, it's not. if it was just Hayward and Ball, it'd be like, yeah, that's pretty fun. But then you factor in, I think there's a lot of hope here of what this team could be. Rozier has played his tail off this year. Uh, Devontae Grant has struggled shooting but you still see him make an impact about every game somewhere or the other as a floor general the P.J. Washington off to a slow start has really picked it up rebounds and defense so when you when you sprinkle in Devontae, Rogier and P.J. around the highly paid star at Hayward and the hyped up rookie in Ball and you start to think like what's going to happen here when all these guys start to figure out their games with each other I think that's exciting for the fans
1: with more attention comes higher expectations. What were the expectations of the Hornets last season as you were covering them? And what do you feel the fans' expectations are now for this season, about 20% of the way in?
0: I think the the expectation for Hornets fans last year was really low because that was the post-Kemba time. And the, I've never seen the fan base more down than the days after Kemba left when you looked at it. Because we remember back then, For those couple days after Kemba left, Rozier wasn't here yet. We heard rumblings and it happened pretty quick. And then Devontae didn't become Devontae. We didn't know anything about P.J. Bridges was kind of trying to figure out his role. Hayward wasn't here. So that time was like, man, we're going to be in that mix for the number one pick last year. And then they just played so hard last year. They played so close. They played much more entertaining basketball a year ago. They lost a lot of close games. But we thought it was going to be – I don't think anyone thought it was going to be the, the horrible Bobcats team, but I don't think people thought much more than that in terms of 15 or 20 wins. And, yeah, they end up with 23 in a short season, but they just played differently. They played hard. You saw Hope. You saw Borrego's style really take effect there. So I didn't think people had much expectations this year. But this year, I think the expectation was to at least be in that mix for the 8-9 seed being the play-in game. Uh, playing situation and that's kind of where they are now and if they had reversed this record sam if they entered this little time off here not six and eight but eight and six they're right near the pacers and the Nets in the east that's how that's how compact and, and how together the teams are right now they're two wins away from being the five or the six seed and i think anybody would have signed up for that in the offseason
1: I think there's no doubt about it. If we were able to have fans in Spectrum Center, we would see the building packed. And I think there's no doubt about it. The the limited times we get to see other people – Outside, doing uh, whatever it is that is an essential thing uh, because we all have to be careful due to COVID. uh, But we see a lot of fans wearing their gear. And if you need new gear, you can shop the best-selling classic gear and jerseys by visiting HornetsFanShop.com. And there are special hours at the Spectrum Center Hornets Fan Shop, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., Thursdays through Saturdays. Travis T-Bone Hancock with us here today on the Hornets Hivecast. And T-Bone ended last segment talking about the Hornets fan shop. You got some new gear. The new minted gear is out for the Hornets here for the 2020-2021 uh, season. What do you think of the new look?
0: Oh, man, I love the mint stuff. I got a mint hat you guys sent me today. It's a mint slap build hat. I know Matt got some stuff as well. I think all the hosts did at WFNZ. I also got this Hornets sweatshirt they sent me, a hooded sweatshirt today. And I and I put it all over uh, social media on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and people just—you can tell that the—it's the, not just the the players, but the the gear too, because it's a combination of the of the the new look stuff, which I think is just unbelievable, especially the court when that they, they, they had at one time this year, and the uh, it's just, it's the players and the gear. The the fans want the new stuff and the the old school looking stuff. I think it's awesome, and I, I can't uh, I can't wait to get some more stuff. And fans, I told you, fans were. Uh, they were trying to. They were, they, they were. They were threatening to jump me, Sam, for my gear in the parking lot. I said, "Oh, whoa, 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 hold on! You guys can go get your own at the Hornet shop. You don't have to get mine. You don't have to jump me for it." But people are, uh, boy, they're itching for this stuff right now.
1: Absolutely, and and the the colors and the Hornets logos, it's always been popular. I, I remember growing up as a little kid, you know, before I really knew an awful lot about NBA basketball. I got pictures of you know me as a you know pre-teenager, uh, probably like eight or nine years old, maybe, and I've got a Hornets jacket on because that just the teal, the appeal of the teal has always been there and always will be.
0: And the cool part about the mitt stuff is that what other what other I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, who else has those colors in sports? Who else has the the gold mint and black type design in sports? Like there's no 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 sports franchise to my knowledge has that look. That's that's really unique. That's really special.
1: I can't think of one either. It, it really is a, a special thing. We're talking to Travis T-Bone Hancock. You can hear him mornings, weekdays on WFNZ. And uh, you, we mentioned earlier, you touched on it earlier, I, I've sprinkled in the Airbnb reference to Ball and Bridges, that combo uh, that was first suggested uh, by you guys over there at WFNZ. You guys are are really good At the nicknames, you got Travis T-Bone Hancock, you've got Hacksaw, you've got Smoke. Who's coming up with these nicknames? Because I think we got to put them to work.
0: Well, we want to give credit to the Swarm and Sting Hornets blog. They came up with the uh, Airbnb one, so give them. uh, They also have R&B, by the way. That's Rozier, that's Rozier and Baller, or Rozier, and Bridges. So you've got Airbnb. You've also got R&B when you want to throw Rozier in there with one of those guys too. So you can work that one in, too. the nicknames. Hacksaw is named after, uh, Hacksaw from the afternoon show, he's named after professional wrestler Hacksaw Jim Duggan because he sort of stomps and walks around like he's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Smoke, I I don't know. I think his Smoke is, uh, he's the producer for Kyle Bailey, my pregame show host, co-host. Uh, Smoke comes from, uh, he's a NASCAR fan. I, I, I don't know. That's all I know. T-Bone is very simple. That's just is because my name starts with a T. And on Seinfeld, they nicknamed George at one point T Bone, and they chanted T Bone, T Bone. So for a long time, whenever I talked on the air before I was a host and just a producer, they would they would play that before I spoke. So that that was sort of how that started back in the day.
1: There were a lot of directions I thought you could have gone with for how you got T Bone George Costanza yeah. from Seinfeld was not on my list.
0: Yeah, they called. The people called me T Bone, and then they they that's where that uh, day one. Day one and in, uh, in radio, I've had that. People think it's some like I was some sort of like you know bar fighter back in my days. So I've got a tough persona, Sam. And I'm a tough guy, so people think it came from some fighting background. But no, it's just because of time.
1: Amazing, amazing.
0: Well, today we were
1: supposed to be talking about the preview for Hornets Wizards because today, day this podcast is being aired was the day the game was supposed to happen it's not so as we look at the hornets they're they're going to go through a scrimmage today or or you know a a more high intensity practice whatever you want to call it Uh, they're going to approach it more as a game day today how do you feel the hornets are at their current spot in the standings sitting six and eight Depending on how you, you slice it, they're either, you know, tied for eighth or half game out, or, you know, it changes as as every game is played. But they're right there on the cusp of the playoffs or at the minimum in the play-in territory at the moment. The expectations nationally had them probably lower than this record. They were they were slated for about 24-25 wins by Las Vegas and a lot of the national pickers out there. How do you feel the Hornets are doing compared to their expectations and your expectations entering the season?
0: Uh, They've exceeded them in terms of how they played. I'm I'm a little discouraged about being 6 8 because it's like they're played much better than their record indicates. I don't feel like they're a team that has played a lot that's two games under 500. They also ran into, I think, some uh, unfortunate matchups last week. They ran into Dallas who they, the Hornets gave Luca one of his worst games ever, like two weeks before that. So you knew he was going to come out firing, no matter who was on Dallas's roster. That was a game where it's like, oh, no, he's angry. Luca's angry. Tough one for the Hornets that night. And then they had Toronto, and you know this better than anybody. Toronto entered that two-game set, 2-8. Two and eight. We knew that Toronto's better than 2-8 and eight for whatever reason, whether it's they're not playing in Canada or they're they're tired from the bubble. I don't know what it is. They lost Gasol soul in the box. I don't know what it is. But you wanted in those two games and you're like, that's not a two-and-a basketball team. That's a playoff team that's gone off to a slow start. So they ran into Dallas. They ran into Toronto, who needed those wins badly to get to four-and-a. They needed those two desperately. But I really like the next three games coming up as a barometer for where we could be. The Bulls in two games with the Magic on a back-to-back Sunday-Monday. So Bulls on Friday, Magic on Sunday-Monday. And the Magic have lost, I believe it's – Six or seven in a row, I think, something in that neighborhood, since Markel Fultz went out. They're starting point going out. They can't win without him lately. So I think there's an opportunity here. The Bulls in two games against the Magic, and those are teams right now, if you want to be a playoff team, you better beat the Bulls because you should be better than the Bulls. And without Markel Fultz, you should be better than Orlando anyway. And you take Fultz out, you should be better than them because after that, you've got two with the Pacers and then Milwaukee. You don't want to go into – that little three-gamer there next week uh, on a big-time losing streak. So I think these the, the Bulls in the two Magic games, imperative to either go 3-0 or at least 2-1, don't go 1-2 in that stretch.
1: If a fan is new to the Hornets and were to ask you, why should I be so optimistic about the Hornets for this season, not long-term, this season, would you lean more towards – It's an exciting offensive team that leads the NBA in assists and plays this great team basketball. Or, as you mentioned in reference to Luca, it's a team that really has committed themselves to being a better defensive squad and has shown an ability to take some elite scorers and keep them from having their best games. Guys like Luka Doncic with the Mavericks and Trey Young with Atlanta.
0: I think it's got to be the defensive side because we know this team is filled with guys that can score. And, Guys that can take over games. Hayward is a guy that we've seen, especially down the stretch of games, can play winning basketball and get you victories. We know Rogier has a 40-point game this year. Devante has a 40-point game last year. P.J.'s excellent. So we know offensively going into the year that this team is going to be pretty solid. Defensively, where they are now compared to last year, where they were, if not the worst team in the league defensively, they were right near the bottom. So to have games this year where they shut down Luca. They held Brandon Ingram to 10 below his average. Trey Young had 22 points total in two games against them. Julius Randle, who's been uh, on fire for the Knicks, had 12 below his average. So, yeah, last week against the Raptors and the Mavericks, they sort of fell back a little bit, uh, especially against the Raptors with the the 41 threes, whatever it was, in two games where they just went bonkers. But I think the defensive uh, side of the ball, defensive side of the court, that's really encouraging because that's a little unexpected. So for them to be at one point during this last stretch of games in the top seven in efficiency defensively, nobody saw that coming based off where they finished the year uh, in March.
1: Yeah, even in the losses to the Raptors, while you you don't like seeing an opponent uh, establish a season high for made threes and then surpass it the very next game, you can look back at that one and say, well, their all-star Pascal Siakam had two mediocre or you know below average offensive games so if you got to pick between well the the rest of the team shot the ball well but you shut down the all-star versus yeah the all-star went for 40 points both nights and we lost uh i think i'd pick the former not the latter
0: and we talked about this in the pregame show on uh, before the second raptors game about who like they, they've done a good job like we mentioned of, of trying to take away team's best options but like when you play the raptors like who are you trying to take away because any night there's there's four Boucher now as well is in there, but you've got Van Vleet, you've got Lowry, you've got si- you've got Siakam, so you, you can shut down Siakam, but they have the two guards that can just go off. Or Boucher gets twenty five. The Raptors when they're on, it's not just one dominant star; it's a team, and it's hard to like, it's hard to pinpoint. Like, yeah, we can take out one guy, but three other dudes might be on, or the bench might light you up, like Norman Powell did the other night as well.
1: And that's what makes the Hornets so tough, too. It's not just Gordon Hayward who's playing at an all star level, but if you want to try and take him away, that means Terry Rozier's now playing one on one. That means LaMelo Ball has got more passing lanes. That means Devontae Graham's got more passing lanes. And Miles Bridges and PJ Washington can all get going. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. It's the, the more ability you have to play team basketball, the better off you seem to be if you're wearing Charlotte Hornets, teal and white or mint. Now here in this new season, (laughs) Travis, I appreciate the time so much. Thanks for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. And if we happen to have another cancellation or suspension or postponement of a game uh, next time we circle back to you in our guest list somewhere around a month to six weeks from now, I will know it is you. And we're just going to have to cut this off and limit our conversations to every single game day and twice a week in the mornings.
0: Do you think that you and I are going to talk anytime soon? <laughs> Probably.
1: I'm sure, we will, right? I think so. I think so.
0: You're doing a great thing here with this Hivecast. It's a great thing for Hornets fans. So keep up the good work, man. And we're all proud of you. And uh, you've you, you've been uh, you've only been around for 14 games, but you're part of the family, man. We love what you're doing for sure.
1: I appreciate. I love being part of the family, and I appreciate all of your uh, dining suggestions as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, you also might gain 90 pounds while you're here, but hey, it's what we're here for.
1: Good to know. He's Travis T-Bone Hancock. You can hear him mornings with the Mac attack in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays on WFMZ. Thanks for tuning in to the Hornets Podcast.